produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. Welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek, myself, Mike. And joining us this week, uh, we heard one of his co-stars last week with Miguel, Miguel Nuez. Um, this week, we have the main star, writer, director of the movie Worth, Eduardo Castrillo. How are you guys doing? Hi. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Our pleasure, actually. Yeah. So tell, we got a little bit um, of what the movie was worth. Um, movie worth was about from Miguel last week. Um, mm-hmm. With you know, that was him saying, you know, hey, I didn't come in until halfway through. So let's hear it from you. Um, tell us a little bit about what the movie's about. Uh, well, the movie, it's a fight movie. I mean, people have seen fight movies like Rocky and, you know, things like that. So it's a fight movie, but we changed a few things. We made it about um, Muay Thai kickboxing instead of regular boxing, just straight kickboxing. And we went into uh, deeper things, deeper elements within um, the main character, Ricky, and his journey uh, through the fight game. So we, we deal with things as far as, like, you know, we, we go over the training, but then we deal with things with, like, you know, a lot of fighters at, you know, many levels, amateur, pro, or, you know, anywhere above that. They have to sell their own tickets to the fights. Like, not a lot of people know that. Like, that's where a lot of their money comes from. Like, uh, the promotions give them tickets. They have to sell it. They have to teach classes, teach privates, get their medicals done, which, you know, can be expensive. And a lot of right. these guys, they don't make a lot of money. And, you know, Miguel, he plays the doctor and, you know, he helps him with that, you know, things like that. So we go into things, of, you know, just a life of a fighter going through these things, especially, you know, at this, at a level that's not like pay-per-view, you know, especially with kickboxing, kickboxing, kickboxers, Muay Thai fighters, they don't make as much as like MMA fighters or pro boxers or anything like that. It's very, very minuscule. And so I, I, I've been training um, about nine years of my life at a Muay Thai gym, and I, you know, would hear stories from pros and you know different fighters, and I, it the story kind of just developed itself to where I really wanted to uh, kind of put it out there for a new audience to learn about this sport. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So, trying uh, why why Muay Thai? You know. Uh, you know, I've been doing it, you know, for such a long time, 
And then, uh, you know, I had thoughts, you know, like there's a draft, a couple drafts there where it was just straight boxing because more people are familiar with boxing. But then um, it kind of it kind of just made sense to do, you know, it's like, oh, it's an underdog story. But then, you know, it's it's not a very popular, well-known martial art, you know, here in the States. You know, some people know it, some people don't. But like it's it's the general audience, the movie going audience, they don't know about it. And it kind of gave us ground to do something new. You know, we we do, you know, familiar stuff with the story, like, you know, underdog story, a love story, you know, things like that. Um, But doing something new as far as the sport, introducing it to people, it was it 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 gave us um, a freedom that we wouldn't have been able to have without it. Okay. So basically introducing it to a new generation. Pretty much, you know, as far as movie audience going and hopefully doing uh, justice to people who do know about it and are watching the film. But that choice, um, you know, it's, there's, there's a ton of boxing movies out there, whatever, but it's nice to see it, see a, a different sport, to see the aspect of it that you might not be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I agree, you know, and then, you know, nothing that's wrong with boxing, you know, I enjoy boxing movies, you know, a lot of people do, <laughs> but um, yeah. it it's a completely different, completely different training style, and I, I, me already being trained in Muay Thai and deciding to take the character on, I, it would have just, it, it allowed me to be more, how do I want to say, uh, authentic to the character. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point did you decide you wanted to throw uh, the love interest or the the love story aspect into this? It was kind of always a part of the story. Um, about 90% of the film is based on true experiences between me and my friend Jose Palacios, who is a pro fighter. And the, the main, main female lead character, Danielle, she's based off of a few girlfriends we had. We kind of like made this weird mix up mashup of the personality and it it i think it kind of it was it was always kind of like the main part of the film we wanted to go through just you know telling um a love story like my cinematographer studied a lot of uh, a lot of 70s type uh romance movies he watched love story he watched annie hall like he did all these like you know researching from these old movies um because nowadays most love stories are on hallmark channel we did not want that look at all <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we we really we we really wanted to kind of focus on that because um I, I don't know i guess just the character depth aspect to it you know really intrigued us so so y'all went with the with the bad relationship since you killed her off <laughs> Oh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, right. yeah, that <laughs> that was definitely spoilers. But um, uh, we, we spoiled yeah. it last week with Miguel. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we, we went through it because, again, it was based on true experiences. And it was based um, during that time because we shot 2016 in January. And by the time... I think it was around February because um, that was an added aspect towards the end because um, a friend of ours had passed. You know, he was in uh, of kidney failure, so he was in the oh, hospital wow. going and visiting him and kind of going through that. I, I used I used the film to help 
guide me through grief a little bit, you know, because like when you watch the movie, you kind of realize like, wow, the actual main fight is only like halfway through the movie. And then there's this whole other aspect. It, it kind of it gave it gave me like a true story that I had to tell, you know, and I, right. I used the character for that. OK, so did it start off? Um, did it start off as you wanted to do a, a, a movie, or did it start off as more of the the idea was more of a love story at first, and then you added in the the fight parts? Or um, there was going to be actually, you know what? When we when we when we were you know going through it, a lot of it um, was like you know a lot of the fight parts, and there was a love story at the end. Um, it was going to be a little bit different. We were probably going to go, you know, we touch on it like, oh, you know, he has to go through underground fighting and things like that. We were going to go to, to more of that. And then, mm-hmm. like, we saw a movie that came out on Netflix that kind of had uh, that aspect where, you know, pro fighter goes, you know, underground fighter. And it just, it, it was, like, really, really bad. Like, <laughs> really bad and cheesy. And, like, like I mean, it was, it was, like, lion heart with ten thousand dollar budget bad like <laughs> and we were kind of like uh oh, we're, we're definitely going to need something else and then that's kind of why we shoot away from that <laughs> understandable mm-hmm. there was actually a point um not a lot of people know this we were in contact with john claude van damme for uh a cameo like you know yeah with his people because it was Muay Thai he's you know he's been a kickboxer for 20 years he got in contact with his agent and everything like that he was going to play the uh the promoter character that Clifton Powell ended up doing and but he was like oh you know he he was asking for you know by the time he read the script and everything like that he was asking for like hundreds of thousands of dollars for like a day's worth of work and we were like no yeah (laughs) yeah but I (laughs) was I'm much, much, much more happier working with Clifton Powell than I would have been with John Claude Van Damme and his Tostitos he, commercials. He was. <laughs> it's like yeah. what? What part of as as much as I love Van Damme myself, it's like what part mm-hmm. of indie film do you not understand? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, it was like you know, yeah. <laughs> what can you do? Yeah, but I I thought Clifton did a great job. Yeah, good. He was, he was incredible. I worked with Chris Clifton before. Um, I didn't know if he was going to be available. Cause he, he's, he's on a lot of shows now. He was on um, Black Lightning. He was on The Family Business. And he's on um, another one, Saints and Sinners. So he had a lot going on. But he was able to make time in his schedule to come out and shoot first. Oh, nice. Yeah. What, um, what led you to, to getting... I, I'm just going to come out and say it. Uh, Candyman, Tony Todd, as as your police officer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was kind of a, a key part of the story. You know, a lot of fighters, they they do private lessons to make a lot of their income. And so we needed a character to do that. And the my friend who had passed was going to be the actor to play that character. And so we kind of used it as a memorial to, you know, we, we still wanted to do it. And I talked to Tony about it because I was introduced through Tony, through Miguel, who's amazing. He's He's been a key yeah. part of this, like, whole thing. And, uh, yeah, he introduced us to Tony, and I talked to him, and he read this material, and he was down. Like, he, he made room into his schedule, and next thing I know, he was he was there. <laughs> now, and it was cool. How did you go about with your casting for this film? So I knew 
I had done a film before then, and I used, like, because a lot of the actors that I used for this film, I worked with before, but I didn't work on the previous film that I had done. So I knew I, I, I don't want to say owed, but I knew I wanted to work with them again. I, I wanted to, you know, bring these characters to life, and I knew that they were kind of the ones to do it. Um, Johnny Gilligan, who plays Joe, the, the gym owner, yeah. he's, he's this phenomenal actor. I don't know if you guys who don't know I'm talking about, but he's... He's just this phenomenal actor that I knew can do that range, especially with that scene between him and Miguel where he's talking about, you know, he doesn't want him, you know, doesn't want Ricky to end up like himself and things like that. Like he was the only one in my picture to my mind to do that scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was good. I, I, and then, uh, I, I loved, I loved him as the gym owner, uh, especially yeah. the one scene that he has with Miguel at the hospital. Was, yeah. I mean, I was great. Yeah, he's he's pretty intense like that. And then, um, you know, everybody else, um, the main actress uh, I knew, I was friends with, I've known since I was a kid. And I ended up, you know, I was lucky to get her for this role. And we just, just because I knew her before, we had a good chemistry. We can, you know, like play off each other and things like that. So that worked well. And then, um, and then you know, we had a couple pro fighters playing some roles in there too. And uh, yeah, my opponent in the movie was an actual fighter, so I was lucky to get him. <laughs> and who am I thinking? Who am I leaving out? But I was, I was, I was really happy with the casting on this one for sure. Okay. Now, um, Miguel, I think gave you probably one of the best compliments you could probably get as a director. He said that you are so easy to work with because you just come in and tell your your talent. The, the line is just the foundation. Get there however you can get there. And it, it just takes the stress off everyone, and they end up giving the line that's written. Um, tell us a little bit about that approach and, and, and why you go that direction um, as a director. You know... There's so many different ways um, to approach directing, and I want to thank Miguel for that compliment because I didn't know he said it, and that's pretty awesome. But um, <laughs> I there's like yeah again like there's so many ways to approach directing, and there's like no right or wrong way. Um, I and I've gone through different phases, um, and I think one thing that stood out to me the most um, it was a quote by Ridley Scott where he says like all the actor's job is done you know, pre-production after I send this script, the only thing I do on set is tell them either slower or faster. Everything else is that. And I kind of, kind of took that to heart. Like I just, I knew if I was directing and acting in the same movie, I had to trust my team behind the camera to get the shots that I know I needed. And I needed to trust the people in front of the camera to do what they needed to do as the actors. And I couldn't, I couldn't be preoccupied with different, you know, things like, oh, he said, you know, this instead of that or, you know, everything like that. Especially on indie film, you have so many hours in the day to get what you need to be like concentrated on things that ultimately don't matter. Um, I mean, they matter to some people, but they ultimately like you, you want the scene. You don't want just the word, you know, I mean, unless it's like a really, really specific word, you know, but other than that, you you know, you got to You got to get what you can get so you can finish the film. I mean, the worst thing you can do is try to start a project and not finish it and it never comes out. That's the worst. So, um, yeah. 
awesome. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I'm impressed with with the fact that you you write these the film, you direct it, you star in it. Um, what the, what would you what would you consider the most challenging aspect of all that? You know, a lot of it, a lot of a lot of it's difficult. Um, I mean, the hardest the hardest part of what I've learned, you know, now that this was my fourth film, is just going back into the edit and then putting the you know in memory of credits at the end. Like everything else is simple. Like you know, I mean, that's it's kind of dark and deep and stuff like that. It's probably not what you're expecting, but everything else is just it's like you know. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, some days you have hard, you know, hard days. Some days you don't have the money you need. You know, other days, you know, it's like people aren't getting the script or the shots aren't coming how you want or any all of that stuff. It's just kind of kind of superficial. I mean, it, 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 it happens. It happens to every filmmaker. And if you can stand that pressure, whether you're directing it or, you know, you can't, you know, whether you're in the script mode or anything like that, if you're in the edit and it doesn't look the way you want, if you can still feel that you know pressure and just move on and just finish that task you know and then move on to something different the next day and finish that task you'll 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 make it as a filmmaker you know it if you did not take on the the lead role of ricky who would you have wanted in that role uh, I would have been uh my friend jose palacios uh we we started out with him doing that role he's the one who played uh my trainer who ultimately gets fired from the job um i don't know if you remember the character really yep. Yep. um yeah yep. so he would have played the main character um but he was he had a newborn at home and being a father and working you know everything like that i just i kind of knew that the schedule it was just it would have not worked you know i'm like Dude, you got a baby you got to take care of that baby <laughs> so we got him as much hey. as we could <laughs> But him being a pro fighter, he would have been able to do the fight scenes. You know, me working with him, you know, as an actor before, I would have been able to, you know, help him. You know, he he does good work. You know, I thought he did. I thought I thought he did his role well. And I, I gotta yeah. say, major kudos. Uh, being a father myself, um, and and being in the entertainment business myself, it, it's it's not often you see someone who says, "Hey, family first. Take care of family. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure, man. So I, I, I say major kudos. I, I, I like that. Yeah. I mean, you got to. I mean, like you know, it's it's all it's everything that we do within you know the each one of my films actually you know it's kind of you know it's it's like a family affair you know my family is involved his family is involved you know we have you know. All, all our families are like involved you know you're spending time away from them you know to get this project done and like that you have you have to be considerate of that time and if he has a newborn baby at home you know it's like hey man take care of it and we'll get you on set when we you know when we can and then other than that like let's finish this film put it out there and awesome i think he's happy with it i'm happy with it and yeah and, and, and you can tell you would never have thought he has something going on outside of the film which I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you 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 see that translated in, but just it, it, it feels like everyone's just so relaxed. Uh, which again goes back to the compliment that Miguel gave you. Um, what was one of the hardest parts 
of the film to do? Um, the fight scene was pretty tough. We we went, you know, so fight scene's tough. We shot it. We shot one part in March, right? And, you know, we get you, you train for it. You get it ready. You go, you shoot, you know. So we get to the um, the community center and the guy with the rings there, but he's there by himself. So he was supposed to have a crew. We paid for a crew, but he didn't bring it. And so the film crew had to build the boxing ring. And we've never built a boxing ring before. So there we are, you know, building a boxing ring for like two hours before the shoot. And then we can start shooting. <laughs> so we lost so much time on that. And, you know, it's like, okay, now we're done. You know, now we shoot. And now I'm in the ring. And, you know, after the first couple of takes, Jose, who's doing the action directing for me, comes up to me and goes, yeah, man, you guys are going to have to hit each other because it's just not translating well. And so for the rest of the day, I'm getting hit and pumped and everything. And I was walking away. You know, my shins were covered like golf balls with these bruises that just, oh, my gosh, it was so painful. I remember it. And not only that, we didn't get everything we needed. So we set up another shoot date, you know, and. So we get, the, you know, another shoot day, same location. Uh, this time we have an actual crew to build the ring, for sure, for sure. But my opponent, my original opponent, doesn't show up. And so we were able to get, like, a last-minute replacement within, like, you know, an hour before we're supposed to shoot. Uh, Jose Bullet Perez comes down, who's an actual fighter, thank God. <laughs> he comes down, get ready, and then we just, yeah, we were able to get everything we needed from the shoot and everything like that. And... Now we have, you know, we were able to have the fight, in the, you know, the big fight in the middle and then the little fight at the end, which was with the original fighter. So it, it, it helps give us an ending, but it was it was a whole ordeal. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's always hearing hearing the behind the scenes stuff like that. Oh, yeah, there's there's, never, there's stories. <laughs> there's all kinds of stories. yourself. Yeah, that was that was tough. That was, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, we we had to build it and then shoot and then tear it down. I forgot that part. Like eleven o'clock at night, we're tearing this thing down. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> My first thought is, who are the independent pro wrestlers in the area that I know? <laughs> oh man, those those guys. They uh, they can get us out like, quick. <laughs> yeah, you kind of kind of think about, that. and then you know. There's people all kinds who do that all the time, especially at that level. You know, they're going to different high school gyms, community centers, all these things to build up these rings and, you know, do all this. And a lot of people don't go, which, you know, they should. You know, they go to the professional ones, the big ones at the hockey stadiums and whatnot. But it's like, hey, man, support your local fighters, support your local wrestlers, support your local boxers. Like, they're. Yeah. One of um, our co hosts on. Our Star Wars show is mm-hmm. a former pro wrestler uh, up in the Ohio area. Just pretty nice. much stayed uh, that local region. Right, right, right. So, nice. I mean, you know, they do it. They, they do it because they love it, you know? <laughs> I know I couldn't Very do cool. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm an audio engineer. I'll give you whatever audio you want. You want me to throw a mic up underneath the ring, get that extra boom? <laughs> I'll do that too. But yeah, let me jump off the second rope once. I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh man. Um, but I think a lot of those, a lot of the smaller fight fighting fighters, everything. I think they have a lot more heart. Yeah, I yeah. think you do because at that point, you know, they're just doing it for the love. There's 
pretty much no money involved. I can tell you that much. It's it's just all pure passion. That's that's why I say about like minor league sports as well. I think that's where mm-hmm. you see the true aspect of the game, like minor league baseball. You know, they're trying to make true, it true. up to the pros or up to up to the the main level to the big game. So mm-hmm. there, there's more heart, and I think you see more of the true passion of the game than okay. Now I'm in the major leagues. I'm here. I, I don't need to prove anything more. Right, um, right. I just need to make my bonus. <laughs> yeah, I, I see the same thing with hockey as well. It, it's mm-hmm. I think that's where you see more of the true aspect of the sports. Between that and, and collegiate, collegiate sports, it's that small, in the, you know, that smaller, independent type vibe. True, very true. Yeah. Now. After you've done your cast, did you do a lot of rehearsal time before shooting, or, or uh, was it okay? We're on set. We're going to run this uh, one or two times and then shoot it until we get the um, look we want. Well, when when we only did rehearsal while on set, um, a lot of the times. Well, actually, you know what? I lied. The night before. Um, the actor who plays uh, my character's father, Willie Barcena. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Willie. He's a Latino comedian. And um, I flew him in uh, from L.A. the night before. And we pretty much spent the night uh, just going over his lines, going over the character, you know, building these things for him. And so that when we got on set, he was, you know, all ready and everything like that. And he, he knocked it out of the park, man, you know, especially for being a comedian. And we're giving him these like dramatic lines and things. I don't think he was expecting it. I don't think I was expecting it, but it, it turned out pretty well. Um, other than that, it was just, you know, rehearsals, you know, here and there on set. Luckily, I worked with everybody before. So we kind of already had a chemistry. We already kind of had a workflow. Um, Tony Todd, that was the first time I worked with him and we spent, yeah, we spent, um, time going over every scene, doing a rehearsal. Uh, he's a, he's a theater guy, so he's big on rehearsal, but I learned so much in like that one hour rehearsal with him than I did at two years of acting school. Like it was, it was instrumental. It was incredible. How tempted, so. how tempted were you to set a mirror near him and go candy man, candy man? <laughs> you know, I was not tempted that, but I threw in this little Easter egg that nobody has gotten yet so far. Um, his first scene when we're training inside the cage, uh, you know, he's I'm holding the pads for him and he's throwing his punches. And at the you know at the end of his punches, you know, uh, you know, I call time. It's like, oh, good job, man. That's a mean hook. And nobody got it. I'm like, Hook, Candyman, come on. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> but, yeah. I, <laughs> so there's that. If you rewind re- it and you'll, you'll re- notice that. I remember the line. I just never, <laughs> as one of those, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so obvious. <laughs> yeah, now it's obvious. You know, it's like, oh, you know, like, but it, it was one of those. Okay, I guess it's an inside <laughs> joke between me and me. <laughs> now. And, and, I mean, that, that's a very good Easter egg. It is. Yeah, but, but, it is. But I, I was expecting with one of the, the training ones where, you know, when, when you were picking on them for, for, for easing up some, I was expecting you to go, what, are you a candy man or something? <laughs> that would have been a little bit on the nose. A little bit then. Uh, and, then, you know, I don't want to get sued by Jordan Peele or nothing. But, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I did, I did throw in the hook part. So maybe maybe next time I'll, I'll throw in some uh, more Easter eggs, huh? I'll, I'll, 
All right. That that's wow. <laughs> now when I see the movie again, it's like, uh huh. I know what he did there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what type of research did you do before? Uh, writing this film. I mean, was there movies that inspired you with this? You, you know, I kind of, of course, I've seen like all the Rocky films and things like that. But when it came time to like write and shoot, um, Creed was coming out and I decided not to watch it. You know, I didn't want it to influence what I had already written and everything like that. Um, I mainly just spent time talking to fighters at the gym and kind of like learning about them and the way they do things and everything like that. Um, a lot of the research as far as the look and the shooting goes was, again, yeah, it was uh, sports movies, baseball movies. Um, we watched, you know, the natural major league, like any, any type of sports movie out there just so I can kind of get a feel and, you know, kind of, you know, a rhythm to it and then mix that in with romance movies. And other than that, I kind of, I kind of stayed away from, you know, at, at a certain point, I was like, you know what, I don't want it to be a carbon copy or anything like that. I kind of want to stand on my own with this one. Okay. So mm-hmm. ha- have you have uh, talked to any fighters that have seen the movie? Let me think. Um, That's what I was going to ask. What was the reaction from the from the field? I, I don't know about fighters, just Jose. Um, let me think. Because I, 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 I've talked to coaches, <laughs> you know, the coaches and things like that. They thought it was cool. They thought it was nice and well done and things like that. Um, trying to think of, like, actual fighters, fighters, not just, just my training partners and teammates at the gym. Um, but, yeah, you know, some coaches here and there from uh, different gyms who my friend Jose introduced the film to, they've, they've, they've dug it, you know. Um, I think they've all they all dug that Candyman was in it. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> they think there's a lot a lot of Tony Todd fans out there that I didn't know would would be so excited to see him in a in a fight movie. I, I'll confess when when I got uh, the request from October Coast to uh, get you guys on the show, um, I'm like Miguel, yes, Eduardo, yes. Tony available because <laughs> we knew right away. I knew right away who Tony was. I mean, I, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite horror films from eighties, nineties. Is Candy right? Right. right. Um, so I'm like, wow, you got Tony. So I was curious um, when I saw the cast lineup before seeing the film. It's like, I wonder what type of movie this is going to be, or what type of role he's going to have. And I and I loved. Uh, I think great choice to have him at, as the, the police officer. And it, he, when he comes in that last time in that totally different role to give you the news that he gives you, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, this is cool. I, I want, I want, of, I want to see a police procedural movie with him now. <laughs> right. You know, oh man, don't say that. <laughs> Cause I got something going on. And like, if the distributor hears that he's like, see, see who we need to get as a detective, <laughs> but it's a horror movie. And I think what really drove him to this was that it was something completely different for him, you know? And right. I kind of, I kind of try to do that 
with all the actors that I work with, I will really want to do things that they haven't done before. Like, you know, Miguel does a lot of comedy, but you know, I was like, nah, man, I want you. The first movie I worked with him, I played him as a detective. And then this one, he's, uh, you know, a doctor. And the next one, I had him as a priest. And I, I really wanted him to do dramatic stuff. And then Tony was so excited to do, you know, this type of movie, this emotional, you know, romance type story, you know. And then um, Johnny Gilligan, uh, like, he gets a lot of cop and detective role. He has that look. He looks like a cop, you know. And he does all, you know, and I, I, I told him I've yet to cast him as a cop. And I don't think I ever will. I just I want to keep trying to find something different for everybody to do. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I got I think uh, I think Tony's a better choice in your movie than John Claude Van Damme anything. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll always choose I'll always choose Tony Todd over any you know, yeah any anybody who seems like a big A list movie star or anything like that. Tony, he's just he's a great friend. He's a great magnificent actor, and I just I love having him on set. He was the best man. He he would talked you know to my my mom and you know all the cast and crew about things like jazz or his cats or anything like that he was just a super chill intelligent man like he's the coolest guy ever it it sounds like we need to get him on the show to complete the (laughs) trifecta for worth oh definitely definitely Guys, you should call Clint like right now. And get him. <laughs> <laughs> I have his email on speed dial. Nice. Um, nice. <laughs> see, and, and Tony's one of those. When you do say Candyman three times in the mirror, you you expect to see him, not someone else. <laughs> yes, I mean I it, it, it could be the real Candyman. Is like, uh, yeah, no, you're not Tony Todd. Bye, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know reboots are popular nowadays. I just do not want to see anybody else in that role. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, and I hope I hope they learned something from uh, the the new Halloween that they did uh, that made freaking hundreds and millions of dollars because they had the original people back. Like, hey, there's a lesson there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Don't don't mm-hmm. let Rob Zombie do remakes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah. I, no comment. <laughs> no comment. Um, what type of films do you, do you geek out over um, when you're not working on your own? Oh man, um, I would say the main thing that I watch when they're in theaters are cyberpunk films and Hong Kong films. I was going to say Hong Kong action films, but then I kind of noticed, I'm like, I, I go see Hong Kong drama or romance film. I don't care, but Hong Kong films, uh, mainly, yeah, Hong Kong action films are, like, incredibly addicting to me, for sure. So I'm going to ask, are you big on uh, the L Ray Network? You know what? I'm not. Um, my mom is more into the L Ray Network. Uh I'm I I'm big on Robert Rodriguez. I think a lot of his movies changed my life. Um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico is the yes. film that inspired me to become a filmmaker. Oh wow! I watched it. I watched oh. it when I was 14 in high school uh, while I was skipping practice for football. And then <laughs> after that, I kind of wise choice destroyed my high school football career and spent every single Friday in the movies. After that, I I I was hooked since then and. 
I met him. I met him a year after that. I was 15. Me and my sister went to San Diego Comic Con. I got a story for you guys. So we went to San Diego Comic Con, and he was promoting Sin City. Right? He was at yeah. the uh, Dark Horse booth signing with Frank Miller and like three of the girls: Jamie King, Jessica Alba, and Rosario Dawson. So there was plenty of like bodyguards and things like that around. And it was hard to get you know an autograph because you know they did the raffle and we didn't get it. So. Me and my sister, we waited outside the booth with my Once Upon a Time in Mexico DVD waiting. And, you know, first they escort the girls out and then him and then, and then he comes out. Right. And we're chasing kind of chasing after him. Yeah, we're chasing after him, uh, you know, to get the autograph. I get clotheslined by the bodyguards. <laughs> oh, she gets wow. through. She gets through to get the autograph, but I get clotheslined, so I'm on the floor, and I get helped up by Frank Miller, who I didn't, I didn't know at the mm-hmm. time, but then, you know, he ended up becoming my favorite comic book artist and writer, but I didn't know this at the time, so he helps me up, you know, and then helps me over to, you know, Robert and my sister, and then we get the DVD signed, and I didn't know what to say, but that was, that was when I got to meet my directing hero <laughs> as a teenager. Either. Well, uh, <laughs> perhaps the best, but certainly an interesting story, at least. Definitely. <laughs> well, I guess the reason why I was asking about uh, El Rey Network is they show a lot mm-hmm. of the the old kung fu and and uh, that style of movie that that you talk about that you like. Yeah, I thing is I, I've seen a lot of those already <laughs> with the stuff they show. Um, yeah, a lot of times, especially here in the Bay Area, like every every week there's like one new Hong Kong film that comes out in theaters that I like to kind of go like on a Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that, and then just kind of check out. Okay. So. Mhm. Very cool. But yeah. So what? <sighs> What's your future looking like for projects? Um, you know, it's <laughs> I I did a project after Worth. It was called The Pining. It's kind of like a supernatural noir type film. Um, of course, we're going to sell it as horror because noir doesn't sell as much as horror. So it's going to be <laughs> a horror film. But um, that one's done and in the can and should be coming out this summer. And then uh, the next project I'm shooting right now, actually, I shot on Sunday and we'll shoot again next Sunday. Is uh, It's called Dead Ride. It's in the horror film. Um, that one, basically, it's about an Uber driver serial killer. And <laughs> we, uh, we're having a pretty good time on that. We're, you know, it's, it's been fun delving into the horror type aspects of film. And then after that, we're doing a, uh, I finally get to do like a straight kung fu film. Oh, sweet. So. Yeah, it's it's gonna be. Uh, you guys are familiar with the Last Dragon? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Think, think something like that. <laughs> think something like that. We're gonna go kind of after that style for sure. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good. So hopefully, hopefully you guys are out on the lookout on that, and we able to make a pretty cool flick out of it. Hopefully. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Where can people? Right. Do you still? No, go ahead, Derek. You got me. I was gonna say, do you still uh, fight or? I train sometimes, not as much as I should, because um, before I was training three, four hours a day. Now I probably do three, four hours, you know, a week if I'm lucky. Um, like last week, I was able to do three or four hours. This week, you know, I was able to do like two, but I can make it up during the weekend. <laughs> but I just I haven't. Um, I because before, yeah, it was just it was just all about the film, and everything like that. But now that the film's out and I got another film going, I, you know, and I gotta. I gotta, I gotta put, you know, I gotta edit and things like that. And it's hard, it's hard finding time, but 
hopefully during the summer I'll be able to fit in some more time for training. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me on Instagram. Uh, my company company name is Uncia Films, U-N-C-I-A Films on Instagram and there we post up uh, pretty much all our projects all our actors projects things like that try to keep everyone connected you know there's there's so much going on here in the Bay Area that I kind of like um, I, I, I want to support the other filmmakers I want to support our actors and things like that and then yeah get, get, get our films out there and hopefully people dig it and I guess Instagram allows us to um, yeah post pictures and things it's just simpler for me so they can find us on there for sure <laughs> Now you've you've had worth at some festivals already. What's been the reaction from the festival crowds? Uh, different for sure, <laughs> completely different. Um, you know, we we've gone to some comic cons, uh, festivals, shot you know, premiered there, and we went to yeah a few different other festivals. We went to this festival over in. Uh, it was the Hoboken International Film Festival, like all the way in like Jersey, you know. Yep. And the main crowd there were like these. Uh, how do I say? Like these rich Connecticut type people, you know, with <laughs> a lot of money in their lake houses and things like that. That are just, you know, there to hang out at the restaurants and check out the film festival. And they dug the film, but it was these two, like these two Filipino. Um, Islander guys that were sitting in front of us that got like every joke that got like all the quips and everything like that. They were, you know, they were laughing, they were clapping, you know, everything like that. And I was like, that's our uh-huh. audience right there. <laughs> 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 so it was, it was, it's been different, you know, different people respond to different things and it, it's, it's been cool. Like just to kind of get it out, you know, I mean, you never know, especially, you know, on an independent level where your film's going to go. You know, the last thing I wanted to do was like, you know, dump it on YouTube or something like that. Not dissing YouTube or anything. Please don't come after me, Google. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I wanted to get it, you know, as far as reach as possible while still, you know, doing self-distribution. I decided not to go through a distribution company. I kind of wanted it to because it's such a personal film. I wanted to kind of keep it in house. But we were able to get it, you know, on Amazon and Tubi TV and voodoo and things like that and we've been we've been doing well on views and you know getting a good feedback from it and i just i've been thankful for that you know so so it is out on video on demand correct it is awesome. out there now for awesome. everyone to check right. out for sure i think worldwide too i think it's in you know it's it's in the uk and australia and different places i just i need to get in spanish subtitles so i can send it to latin america i think that's probably like the only place we need to get in but yeah it's it's out it's out there okay yeah awesome and then yeah if you get dvds and blu-rays tony will so, sign them at comic uh, nice and, and tell them when tell him when you got it signed that you heard about it from weeby geeks when our eduardo was on so well, we thank you for coming on with us. Now, I was saying, when you see Tony to get him to sign it, mm-hmm. tell him that you heard Eduardo say he's, he'll sign him on Weeby Geeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 do that. <laughs> but yeah, pick up the DVD and Blu-rays on Amazon, and then yeah. But he he signed a copy for me. We uh, we saw each other at the Days of the Dead in Atlanta. 
and he was able to sign a copy for me, which I was really happy about. But uh, yeah, now, I hope everyone thinks. The- now, are you doing doing the con circuit as well? Uh, I was. Um, I was before I started shooting, and I know there's cons coming up this summer. I just, I don't know if I'm going to be able to attend them or not. I really, really want to, but I was doing comic cons um, like all last year and the year before. And then I just started doing uh, horror conventions um, to promote the pining. But I, uh, I, I, I kind of, I, I dig them. Horror, they're so different. But the crap, you know, people, people are cool, man. People are supportive. I, I like doing. I like, I like conventions more than I like film festivals. I don't know why, but I okay. think it's just a lot more fun. <laughs> now you're, you're not scheduled for Spooky Since. Empire by chance. No, I'm not. I, oh man, I, I really wanted to check that one out. I wanted to check out Days of the Dead. I wanted to check out Sinister Creature Con in Sacramento, but I, I really don't know. Especially with my shooting schedule this summer, I really don't know if I'm going to be able to make them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'll, I'll try. I'll try, especially after you know the film's done. I'll try to get out there more. Maybe hopefully in the fall. I know there's some in Chicago and Louisville that are going to yeah. be, I guess. Well, Spooky Empire is in the fall, uh, and they just okay. announced they're moving from Orlando to Tampa, but they do a spring show here as well, I think, called Mayhem. Gotcha. So, okay. Um, Derek, you got anything else? Uh, um, no, I think I'm all set. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, and definitely go out, try and find Worth on Video On Demand. Uh, watch it. Uh, see Eduardo, see Tony, see um, the rest of the crew uh, on this. It, it's a great film. Um, it, it's it, be worth it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> and, uh, and thank you again, Eduardo, for for coming on with us tonight. Nah, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I have a good time. So that was. Eduardo Castrillo uh, with the movie Worth. Now, we had Miguel on last week. Uh, so far, a two for two. Great cast. Definitely, definitely a great movie. For for an independent film, a low-budget independent film, it, very nicely done. Yeah, definitely. So, um, check out our website, WeBeGeeks.net. Check out our affiliates. Um, check out Heroes and Villains this weekend. They're doing a sale for May the 4th. Uh, it's also free free comic book day was this weekend. Hit us up on Twitter on what you what your haul was for free comic book day. Be curious to see. Uh, we want to hear it from you. Uh, Facebook or Twitter. Let us know. Uh, what did you pick up? Um, found me. Get the get your Bluetooth tracker. That way you don't lose your keys, your phone, your mind, your wife, your daughter, your son. Maybe you want to lose them. I don't know. You're holding back that laugh, Derek. I can see it. <laughs> um, but uh, I would say with Heroes and Villains, get the Rebel Commando roll-up backpack. But it's sold out. When it comes back, you should get it. It's an awesome bag. Or get the TIE Fighter bag from from Hero uh, from Celebra- that was sold at Celebration. Another great bag. I, I'm digging the roll-up, the roll-up top backpacks. I really am. I'm really, right. yeah, I, I'm starting to like that style. I really am. I don't know why. I just do. They're cool. They're awesome. And for conventions, if I don't roll it up, I could throw a conven- I could throw a poster tube in it and be just fine. So, um, but yeah, they got some great deals going. Also, too, check out our store where you get 
ball caps, baseball jerseys, hockey jerseys, uh, like the new Mighty Marvel Geek Spider-Man jersey. Have you seen that yet? Yes, I have. I have fun with that one. I, I think that one turned out great. Uh, with Wookie Radio, we're in the process of Mando armor jerseys, baseball jerseys, which will be cool. And if the demand's there uh, in the win- next winter, uh, we'll do Mando jersey, uh, hockey jerseys as well. But I'm going to say it on this show. Um, our condolences out to the Peter Mayhew family, to Angie Mayhew and and her kids, uh, with the passing of Peter earlier this week. Uh, such a gentle giant, he really was. Yeah, actually, I I met him once, actually down in Orlando, down in Disney World. Oh, at Star Wars weekends. He was there. Yes, um, he was doing he was doing signing and stuff, and I was like, oh, I got to get. Peter Mayhew's autograph. You know, I waited in line and I, I got his autograph and I talked to him for a little bit and it was uh it was he was a really nice guy. I really like yeah. I really first time I met him uh was at a show here in Orlando. Uh surprisingly it was not Disney. And he he was big anyone who came to the show who identified themselves as Disney cast members, conversations he had with us. It's like, yeah, we want to do so much for you guys, but we know you guys can't do it because of the rules and everything. I said, That's why I come see you here. <laughs> because mm-hmm. even even if I showed up to Star Wars Weekends as a guest to try and get your autograph, I still would feel a little guilty about it. That's why I come here. Um and this is when the uh Revenge of the Sith had just come out. Oh yeah. Um, so it was either that fall or the following spring. I don't remember which, but singular had the phones, the Sony Ericsson phones where you could get the, uh, free set of star Wars faceplates. And I got the one with, uh, Han and Chewie on the front and C3PO and R2D2 on the back. And my, my phone went off and my ringtone was a Chewbacca ringtone that I had created using uh using using the Chewbacca ringtones that I I have from there was a software program called PDesk where you could take the Star Wars sounds and it would override your um with like Windows XP, uh, Windows 95 and whatnot, it, it would overwrite the, the soundboard or override the soundboard, the Windows sound options, and it would run your, your soundboard, you know, your, your system sounds. And I took, uh, where are my grunts? I, I took, uh, was it this one? No, wait. How did I do that ringtone? See, I have it on my phone. I'm too lazy to pull my phone up to the microphone. I think it was something like... Something like that. And, I had a cousin, and, and his wife, Angie's like, I gotta hear that again. I said, well, here's my phone number if you want to call. Because someone called me. She goes, okay, well, you can keep my number, which I still have. And uh, I ended up emailing them the text tone so he could have it on his phone because he had the exact same phone with the exact same faceplates. Nice. So, and then at Celebration 6, when Zoe was like two and a half, we we got to, to uh, this is before they got real strict about, oh, you must have a ticket or, or whatever to, to meet the actors. This, you were able to go up to the tables and... Um, and we had some stuff to give Peter, like snack stuff from the parks, 
that they liked. And uh, I mentioned to Angie, I said, I got some stuff and I got my daughter with me, my wife and daughter. She goes, yeah, just come on back. And we started coming back and the attendant, oh, no. Angie goes, no, that's fine. They're friends of ours. We gave them the stuff and so we got to meet them. She put her hand up. I said, Zoe, give him a high five. She put her hand up, and then he pulls up his hand. Her hand, (laughs) she pulls back her hand, because... Now, two and a half year old, tiny hand, he's got huge hands. And I was like, it's okay. And I put my hand up and it, his hands towering mine. But oh, she, he was great with her. Uh, he was great with kids in general. That's why he was one of the ambassadors for uh, the Galactic Academy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he'll be missed. But because yeah. of Chewbacca, that's how Wookiee Radio got, got its name. I think we we're playing around with different things and we we're trying to, but because of, you know, Chewbacca is part of the logo, you know, our background and the inspiration for our, uh, our Wookiee, Wookiee fur, baseball jersey and hockey jersey. Yes, indeed. So, so yeah, that those are always still going to be there. Um, but yeah, we're going to do the Mando themed as well. So. Uh, check that stuff out. Uh, let us know what you got again for free comic book day, what you got for May the 4th. Some great goodies there. Bunch of great stuff out there. Just listen to Wookiee Radio, which is uh, to hear what's available because some stuff is good through the month. Some stuff is good through uh, um, through Sunday or Monday. So check it out. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, No. Other than, you know, it was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a shock to hear that Peter Mayhew had passed, but he did have a good life. Yes, he did. And I, I will say I commend the family for waiting a few days before, uh, before announcing it. Take the time to mourn and keep it to the family first. before let, yeah. and, and anyone who has a problem with that, bring it to me as far as I'm concerned. Because I'm sorry. Family has a right to, to keep it to themselves for a while. They don't need to tell the public immediately. Yeah. So let them have some time. And I think they did fine. So, so yeah. Um, and I think they almost had to, because he was supposed to appear at Fan Expo in Dallas this weekend with, with the day uh-huh. we're recording being the first day. Oh, and that, that was his home, home show. So, I mean, that, that was, they don't have to put him up in a hotel because he could go home to his own bed because he was living in the Dallas area, Dallas, Fort Worth area. So, um, but we'll we'll have more stories uh, next week on Wookie Radio about Peter. Probably some of the same stories we just told. But hey, that's what it's for. Um, I'm gonna say until next time. Want to know more? So, um. The bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. <laughs>